All right, we're in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to begin with verse 1. We last week looked at some of this. Uh, today we're going to look, the, look at the whole passage here and uh, see the setting and how things are set up uh, in this particular chapter. And so we're going to talk about gifts and grace in the body of Christ. Gifts and grace in the body of Christ, because for every gift, there's grace. Every gift in the body of Christ, there's grace for you to operate in that gift and to fulfill uh, the calling of God in your life. And so, we'll begin with verse 1. It says, Therefore, the prisoner, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. So there was a calling on Paul's life, and he saw himself as one that was a prisoner of the Lord, not in bondage, but so submitted to God that he was locked in, praise the Lord, to the will of God and the plan of God for his life. And he said to us, those who are reading this to us today, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. He said, this is the attitude with which you are to walk. He said, with all lowliness and meekness and longsuffering, forbearing one another in love. So then, with a humble attitude uh, in lowliness and meekness and uh, with long-suffering, when, when it's uh, tough uh, times, he said, with long-suffering and bearing with one another in love. In other words, walking in love with each other. Because in any uh, ministry or activity, there's opportunities that you would have to perhaps uh, not like something somebody did or not like something somebody said. Right? Or just get frustrated with somebody. Well, if you do, what does he say? Forbearing one another in love or bear with each other in love. So we walk in love toward one another, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace because any endeavor that's going to be in a successful endeavor is going to take a unified effort. It takes people working together. In unity. And uh, the scripture says, How good and how pleasant, in Psalms, it says, How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in what? Unity. And so it's like the uh, precious ointment upon Aaron's head, it ran down his beard and uh, down to the uh, skirts of his garment. In other words, it covered him from head to toe. And God wants to anoint us in that way with the oil of unity and anointing to uh, serve the will of God, serve the purposes of God. And so when we're walking in unity, there is an anointing. Amen? So God releases his anointing where there's unity. And so he said here, again, that uh, endeavoring to keep, so there must, must be opportunities not to keep it. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And there's peace where there's unity. 
There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. So there's one body of believers. We talked about the body of believers last week uh, somewhat extensively. And so in the week before, uh, or at least the week before the week before, want to be more accurate so all right so then we are one body in Christ and we're many members there are many different members in the body of Christ Uh, we are one body as a body in this local church there's a universal body and then there's a local body of believers and we are a local body of believers and we're part of the whole body of Christ but we are working together and we can connect together and serve together and we can do the will of God together. All right, so he says there's one body, one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. So what he's saying is each person has a calling and that you should walk in peace and unity and, and uh, walk uh, to fulfill that calling that God has graced you with. And then he says in verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. And Father. One God and Father of all. Now we know God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There are three persons in the Godhead, but yet there's one God. And there's one Father. So, one God and one Father of all. So, we are God's children and God is our Father. So, one God, one Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So, the Father God is not only our Father, He's in us. He is in us. He is through us all. And notice he says, above all, through all. So he's not just through some people in the body of Christ, through all of the body of Christ. Through all and in you all. So he's in us to flow through us. So he flows to us. He flows in us. And he flows through us. It's somewhat like a river, you know. In heaven there's a river. Of life, praise God, that flows out of the throne of God and of the Lamb of God. And so we are actually invited, uh, whoever's thirsty, let him come unto me and drink, Jesus said. So whoever's thirsty, let him come and drink, and we can drink from the rivers of life. And so God flows in you, and God flows through you to bring blessing to others. So your gifts and the graces that are upon your life are not just for you. They're for others. Praise the Lord. You know, a a waiter at a restaurant doesn't wait on people that are not there. His service or her service is to people that are present. They don't even bother to go to the tables. There's nobody present. Right? No, so what, what is their purpose, their gift, or their grace is to serve people. And sometimes they say, call it serving tables, but 
They don't serve tables. They serve people that sit at tables. So then uh, your service is directed to someone or directed uh, for a purpose, even though it is not seemingly a uh, person involved in your service even. The purpose of it is for people's sake. I mean, you may be filling the back of the pews uh, with envelopes or a guest card. Uh, simple thing to do, but has to be done, and somebody has to do it, right? And what are you doing? You're not just putting that back there, and then next uh, couple of days you come and take them back out. No, you put them in there to service people. So the purpose of your service, whatever it may be, is to be a blessing of benefit to people. So the body of Christ is about serving people, serving one another. By love, serve one another. So we serve the kingdom of God. We serve God's purpose, but we serve people. We serve God, but we serve people. And we serve people, and by serving people, we are serving God. So we can serve God, and by serving God, we are going to serve people. So either way you look at it, it's about people, isn't it? All right, so let's go further. He says, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. To everyone. Now look around, look around a little bit, somebody. All right, so to every one of us is given what? Grace. Now, one way of saying grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Jesus paid the price so that we could receive the grace of God. And that's grace for salvation. We're saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works. Not good works to get saved, but you're saved. You receive eternal life by faith and by grace. By grace you're saved through faith, that not of yourselves. Not of yourselves. You didn't do it. Not of yourselves. It is the what? Gift of God. It's the gift of God that you're saved. We're saved. Everybody say, I'm saved. So you're saved by grace through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. How did you get saved? With a gift from the Father, the gift of eternal life, praise God. You believed in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, confessed Jesus Christ as Lord with your mouth, and you are saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead, confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth, and you are saved. Praise God. Right? All right, go back to this verse, and uh, not here, but in Ephesians as well, Ephesians 2. It says that not of works, lest any man shall boast, for we are his, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus Unto good works. So then your works are your labors after you're saved. So then you are saved for a purpose. 
You're a new creation with a purpose. Hallelujah. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus that has a destiny. And so your destiny or your purpose, it could be many different things, but uh, everybody needs to find what is my purpose? What is my purpose in life? What is my purpose for the kingdom of God? And it's not just so that you can uh, have a good job and retire and, uh, you know, just be happy about your retirement and, <laughs> and live out your life. No, it's to serve God and to serve people. And so you, uh, you may be blessed in that way. You retire and you have a good retirement and you're blessed and that's a blessing. That's wonderful. Uh, but you're serving God. You're serving God till you say goodbye to this world. Praise the Lord. And so however you can service the kingdom of God and service people is part of your gift. Praise the Lord. So he says, but unto everyone, everybody say everyone, of us is given grace. Everybody say grace. So there's a grace given to you according to the measure, the gift of Christ. So whatever God gives you as a gift, as a gift, he also graces you to do what he's gifted you to do. There's grace for your race. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, verse 8. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he ascended up on high, led captivity captive, and gave gifts to men. Now, these people were in Abraham's bosom, but he raised them out of there because now they can go directly to heaven. So he says he gave gifts unto men, and now he that ascended, what is it, but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth, he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might feel all things. He ascended far above all heavens that he might feel all things, and he gave some apostles. Now, then he gave, what did he say? He gave gifts unto men. So some of those gifts that he gave to men, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So he gave the fivefold ministry gifts, and he gave them for a purpose. You know, sometimes people in different ministry gifts, they kind of like wear their title, you know, a little bit. Too much. I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm not talking about anybody specific. All right, you get it? But sometimes it's like a little too much about their title. You know, so it's not about them. But think about it. He says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists. It's just God's grace. It's God's grace on their life. He gifted them and graced them to serve what? People. 
All right, so he said, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. What did he give them for? For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So first phrase, he says there in verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. So the reason that God gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors, and teachers was to do what? Perfect the saints. Now, how is it that they are going to perfect the saints? Each week, they maybe rub some oil on them. No, the primary way that they are going to perfect the saints is through the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. It's the primary way. Now, there may be other things that, you know, laying hands on people and ministering by the Spirit of God, uh, gifts of the Spirit. There's different things that could occur, and it's all a blessing from heaven. But the primary, first and foremost way that they're going to minister to the saints and the saints are going to be perfected is through the preaching and the teaching of the Word. So he says, and he gave them for the perfecting of the saints. Now then, the reason the saints are being perfected is what? For the work of the ministry. So then the perfecting is, really has to do a lot of, with uh, maturing that means you're perfect, so you don't have to be 100% perfect because uh, I don't know anybody that is except Jesus. He's the only one that was absolutely 100% perfect. You understand? So you don't have to wait till you are perfect to serve the kingdom of God or uh, be able to serve people. Now, he says they are perfected or matured so that they could do the work of the ministry for the work of the ministry. So many times we think about, oh, the pastors, they're in the ministry. And in fact, in this verse, he's not even talking about the pastors doing the work of the ministry. He's talking about the people being perfected so that they can do the work of the ministry. Now, the pastor is doing the work of the ministry or, uh, the, you know, other people that are doing uh, teaching in, in, the, in the body, they're doing the work of the ministry. But you are to do the work of the ministry, everybody in the body. Amen. To everyone's given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So everyone has grace. Everyone's been gifted. Everybody has something to bring to the table, so to speak, something to offer, something to be a blessing to others. So God has given you a grace, and he's given you a gift, and he wants you to exercise maturing that gift. He wants you to mature in your gift and in your grace, and he wants you to do it better than, been, uh, than before, perhaps. Uh, but yet, you can start. Praise the Lord. I mean, with your children, when you had small children, you, uh, when they were beginning to walk, you didn't say, well, we're, wait we're waiting for, I'm waiting for my little child to be able to walk real steady. I'm not letting them walk until they're real steady. Yeah, they're never going to walk, right? 
No, you just have to let people walk. Let people grow. Give them some space. You understand? Don't wait till they got everything perfect. Because part of the ministry to the body of Christ is helping one another to get there. So serving the Lord is not after you've got everything perfect. Serving the kingdom of God is not after you've got everything perfect. Are you with me? Praise God. All right, so for the work of the ministry, so what is the purpose of the work of the ministry? For the edifying of the body of Christ. So everything you're doing is in some way going to edify the body of Christ. It's going to edify or it's going to build up the body of Christ. So then what you're doing builds up. It edifies. I mean, it edifies me when I see after service, Jerry running around here. Making sure the restrooms are cared for and, and Gerald and other people that serve with uh, the cleaning and ministry. But Gerald is like on point, you know, just making sure things look presentable. Because who wants to go? You, you go to a restaurant and it's a pretty decent restaurant and you go to the restroom and it's not presentable. You know, a restroom is something you got to check on a regular basis for it to be presentable, right? Because not everybody that goes in there is going to leave it that way. Everybody should participate. And, you know, if you go in there and if you sling water all over the mirror, go ahead and wipe it off. If you got water all over the, all over the counter, go ahead and make it where the next person that comes in, they're glad that somebody kept it clean. Praise the Lord. And we won't talk about anything in the toilet or anything. Uh, we'll leave that to your own imagination. Praise the Lord. So, <laughs> but what? It all matters, doesn't it? It edifies you when you come in here and, and the place is clean. It edifies you when actually uh, the service starts on time. It does me. Praise the Lord. All right, it edifies me and it edifies others uh, when they come up to the uh, parking lot and it looks nice. It's, things are trimmed. Things are taken care of. It edifies you when uh, you come and uh, somebody's directing you, if needed, to a parking spot. You know, in the first service, not as, not as necessary, but it's still done. All right, so then it edifies you when somebody gets up and worships and leads you in worship. It edifies you. Somebody's playing instruments. How many are glad for instruments? People are playing instruments. All right, it edifies you when, you know, the screens are working. It edifies you when the words are up there that you don't know the words to that song, so it sure helps. You know, years past, you know, we used to have what we call hymnals with hymns in them. And you had your own book. So you turned to page 369. All right. So, so you had the words right in front of you. 
We're going to sing the first, second, and third verse. Well, we don't use hymnals, so we need some words. Maybe you got that song down, and you don't have to look at the words, but a new song, an unfamiliar song, it edifies you that somebody is making that go up there. It doesn't just go pop up there, you know. It doesn't just automatically happen. Somebody had to make it happen. Somebody had to be on camera. Somebody had to be in the sound booth. So, you know, when I get up to talk, I'm not just going. Amen. No, I'm actually being heard. So it, it makes, everything makes a difference. Praise God. It makes a difference. If you're serving with the men's ministry and sitting with other men and, and talking with each other and edifying one another, it makes a difference if you uh, would celebrate recovery. Mike uh, leads uh, Celebrate Recovery, and he works very hard at that. That's a lot of effort put into it to help people that just need some guidance, a little bit of uh, strength from someone else. They need to talk. They need to uh, let things out, and they need to communicate. There needs to be somebody there that's with them. Amen. Well, it sure takes a load off the counseling load in this church. Amen. So I thank him. Amen. I appreciate that because yep. it's helping everybody. Doing their part. Thank God for people that are in the children's ministry. Lord, I got a lot of scriptures, but this is what it's about. I got more scriptures than I can get to, but this is what the message is about. <laughs> that somebody's in the children's ministry. And if you have children, people don't want to go to church where there's no children's ministry. If they have children. If you're old and you don't have any children, no grandchildren you bring to church, it don't matter to you. Well, you know, I hope it does matter, but you understand. It's not as important, but somebody that has children, they need somebody to take care of their children. Amen. Praise the Lord. And it's sure nice that you can be confident that they're really going to be taken care of. And then when they're at the age where they can be ministered to, if they're in the nursery, that we're, we're blessing those children. But as they're older, then we can teach them and how many grew up in church, had church experience, and you had somebody that was devoted to teaching you, Amen. teaching your Sunday school? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah, Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Just Bill Horn shared about somebody, uh, I think his name was Kimball, who uh, witness to D.L. Moody, and he was a Sunday school teacher. Nobody ever hardly knew who Kimball was, but he was a Sunday school teacher. He won D.L. Moody to, to the Lord and, and by witnessing personal one-on-one. -on -one. He got saved, and D.L. Moody reached the world with the gospel. He touched Billy Sunday, and Billy Sunday was a great evangelist. And it went down the line, and then it went to what? Billy Graham. Now, most everybody knows Billy Graham, knows of Billy Graham. What an evangelist. Devoted his whole life to preaching the gospel around the world. 
Now his son is taking the ministry on. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But it came from one person witnessing to one person that made the difference in millions and millions of lives. Praise God. So everybody has a gift. And everybody is called to what I just said, to witness. You have been given the ministry According to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the ministry of reconciliation, and you have been given the message of reconciliation, and you can share that message anywhere, anytime, any place, and win people to Jesus Christ. Yes, Am I helping somebody? Yes. Praise God. All right, so there for what? The ministry... Gifts are for the perfecting of the saints so that the saints can do the work of the ministry and edify the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Till we all come, all of us come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we're growing up, growing in faith, growing in knowledge. We're growing into a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the purpose of the ministry gift is to help people to grow up. But really, the purpose of all the body is to help one another grow up. Praise the Lord. And it all works together. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love. May grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, who is the head, Christ. Jesus is the head of the church, but we're growing up into him. So how does that happen, speaking the truth in love? Me as a pastor, others that minister the word, speaking the truth in love. You as an individual, speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. Praise God. Everybody say truth Truth. and love. Causes us us to grow up into Christ. Verse 16. From whom, from Christ, the whole body is fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. So every person has a supply of the Spirit, a supply, a measure, a gift, a grace. Everybody has a supply according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. So God's working in every part. Remember, he's flowing in us and what? Through us. God's working in every part according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So the body is edifying itself in love. So you have blood in your body, right? If you didn't, you'd be slumped over. 
If you, we would have to care, call somebody to carry you out, right? If you didn't have blood in your body. So blood is circulating. It's constantly circulating, more so when you're exercising or very more active. But nevertheless, and that is the body of Christ. If, if we, remember the body of Christ is likened to a physical body. If we're more active, then there's more blood flow. So when we're activating the gifts of God in our life, then there's a greater blood flow spiritually, a spiritual life that is flowing, circulating through our bodies, through our spiritual lives, you understand. And through the body of Christ, when we are actively engaged in the will of God, there's more of God flowing to us, and there's more of God flowing through us, and more than we realize, it is the grace of God. I mean, everything that we do is by God's grace. It was his grace that enabled you to do what you did. It was his grace that enabled you to serve. It was God's grace that enabled you to witness to somebody. It was God's grace that enabled uh, Mike to be a, a, a support or counsel to somebody. It's God's grace, praise the Lord, to go to the prayer room and be with somebody and share with them in their new birth and share with them in their relationship with God or re- restoration or get them filled with the Holy Spirit. It's God's grace, hallelujah, to work with children. Some people have an amazing grace, and they love children. I mean, Steve, who plays the keyboard, he loves children, and he loves to just work in the nursery. Amen. I mean, just it's a gift. It's a grace. Not everybody has that. How many raise your hand and say, I don't have that? Ha, <laughs> That'd have, have to be a special God intervention <laughs> for you to have that. So, so the grace that's on different people's lives, all of this grace matters. All of these gifts matter. Praise God. They matter in the edification of the body of Jesus Christ. And every joint has a supply according to the effect of working in the measure of every part, making increase of the, edif- of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Praise God. Edifying of itself, what? In love. Praise God. Go with me to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. Praise God. We're in chapter 4. We are, we're going to verse 10. Chapter 4, verse 10. And it says, As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Every man has received, as every person, every man has received the gift. Now, again, that's different gifts. Not everybody has the same gifts. Everybody had the same gift, it would be like everybody was an arm. In other words, all of your parts were arms. Look like an octopus. All right, so, so you're... 
There's different parts to the body have different functions. You have a function. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So then when you minister the gifts that you've been given, it is the grace of God. Praise God. It's the grace of God, and you're good stewards when you serve in that way. You're being a good steward. A steward is someone who has a responsibility to do something, and doing it is being a good steward. Praise God. The Scripture says, as a steward, a man must be found faithful. Steward, in that case, of the Word of God. Steward of the Word. Well, then, I'm thinking about Monica, and I've used her as illustration, but she is very good with the money in the church, the money that flows into the church, and has to go out and take care of responsibilities and pay bills. And, and uh, so, man, that's edifying to me, because that's very important that things are taken care of properly. So she has a team that works with her. And that's a wonderful gift. They all are gifted. But she has a gift to oversee it and a gift to oversee the finances. When you look in the scripture, when they were taking an offering, a, a, a tremendous offering, and in fact, it's uh, in today's amounts, billions of dollars they took in. You think about billions of dollars coming in. Well, we would welcome it. But we're not equipped. Immediately, we would have to have other people to assist. If you had billions of dollars just hit the, you know, and it was from all kinds of places. You understand? But they were there, and billions of dollars in, in the sense of it was silver, gold. And, uh, but it came for the building of the temple. And then it lists, it actually takes the time to list the names of the people who were the stewards. God didn't leave that. He didn't just write, have the Bible written so uh, the, the people that were in the back room, so to speak, counting the money, were left out. He put their names in there. So God has a way of keeping records of your ministry. In other words, he takes good, he takes good notes. 